welcome back to the Bucket Armory. Today we'll be playing part 6 of The Mark of the Beast, a Sinbarum story. Now, let the games begin. Last time, the party received word that a new murder had taken place. Upon reaching the site, the cool cats and kittens learned that the alleged flayer was caught in the act by a guardswoman, Keitara, and quickly changed its appearance to match hers before limping away. Balmelo and his black cloaks arrived on the scene and offered help to search the city for the flayer, uh, but the cool cats and kittens realized that they were being shadowed in the process by the same black cloaks. Upon following the bloody tracks to a warehouse for the blue moon, team entered the building to discover a secret trapdoor to the basement. With soft cries of pain coming in from the darkness, the cool cats and kittens pressed downwards. Matt, could you could you reread the description of the noises that we heard? The descriptions are from below one can hear the lament of a tortured man, or is it a beast? And the soft, consoling voice. Yeah, that was the most really creepy from before. Is the, the consoling voice? Yeah. Man. Yeah. So you'd imagine that at least two things are down there, based on the voices. Oh, goody. You guys, you guys ready to make new characters? Yeah. Not if I can outrun you. <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll make a Drax, but another Drax, but with a cup. You yeah, know, we'll call him Crack. Talking into a cup. Nice. <laughs> like the, uh, like when you're a kid, you play like the telephone game thing with the two cups and the string. Yeah. That's how he communicates with everyone. Just throws the cup. Can you hear me now? <laughs> That's how he distracts his enemies. Can you hear me now? They're like, what? Huh? <laughs> what are you talking about? So you so you say it's a free action to talk to the enemy. Yeah, but it takes a uh, movement action to throw your cup to them. Oh, man, <laughs> can't talk to them. <laughs> it's a it's a it's an attack. <laughs> Does the cup reach them? Yeah. Yeah. How long's the string between the two cups? <laughs> huh? Uh, depends if you bought the uh, the expansion. Uh, <laughs> makes sense, makes sense. Okay, so I think where we left off, you guys were still like inside the warehouse area. Um, and there was the uh, Garrick, the undead kind of guardsman type deal. Um, you guys just finished meeting him. Uh, before you moved the the box, the crate, over and, and found the trapdoor and opened it up and then you heard the voices. So you guys haven't actually gone down yet. Um, so that's kind of where we're going to pick up. So you guys want to go into this trapdoor to see where those two uh, terrifying voices are coming from? I, I still think we should just burn the place down and call it that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting perspective. What do you guys think? I mean, well, we all know what Drax Another way out. Can't we just go through that window that we all, well, that we fell in, into? So yeah, there's the window. There's also the front door, which you can, um, there's like a little latch sort of 
deal that's combining the two doors, uh, keeping it locked. Uh, so you'd be able to just basically unlock it real quickly from the inside if you guys wanted to leave. You guys would know that... Um, so last time we said that the, the actual warehouse was pretty much just made out of wood and, and um, metal nails. So probably pretty flammable. But as you open up the trap door, it looks like there's more uh, stone and dirt, less of the wood. Maybe just like supporting beams, but for the most part it seems like it was maybe a, a separate structure at one point that the warehouse was built over. Mm, so we can't burn the tunnel? Probably not. Would we be able to run back up if we leave the track door open? Can we send like a Molotov cocktail down the tunnel? Yeah. Well, we, what we if we throw like a torch, you know? There could there could be like innocence down there or something. We should just yell, be like, anyone down there? And then we bring them up into the light. Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they wouldn't be screaming. Yeah, like at like, least it would be up a... there and then continue screaming. <laughs> and you're like, well, okay, uh, <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. If you're alive, scream. Okay. Ah! <laughs> Everyone Noted. screams. Yeah. <laughs> Noted. But you don't, you don't know. You might not want to burn it out down there. You know, there could be chicken down there for all you know. Chicken? chicken. Yeah, don't give her ideas. That's that's more likely that she's gonna try to burn it down there. Hey, but you want the the um the roasted chicken, not the um how do you say uh the burnt chicken? Exactly. It it takes you gotta slow cook it. You know, you gotta you gotta spin it, you gotta turn it, get all the juices uh, sealed and flowing. Trust me, I know good chicken. Okay, chef. <laughs> Yes, chef. All right, Wait. I guess. Are we gonna head down? What are we gonna do? Imagine that's part of Sud's backstory that he used to be a professional chef. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, they used to call me Gordon, but uh, I've left that name behind. <laughs> that's a past I don't want to revisit. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean. Why not go down? You know, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> uh, I guess I should also point out it's a little, it's dimly lit, but there is some light um, that is kind of coming from down there. The way that the staircase works is it's more of a spiral staircase, and it at least wraps around to underneath where you guys are. So you don't instantly see, just by looking kind of down, you don't instantly see where the flooring is. So it may go down. Uh, it goes down at least one full rotation. Why? Well, uh, I, I go down. Tended to go first. What was that? Tended, uh, the small child, yeah. the murderer. She shakes her head. No. <laughs> I look at her. I'm like, why not? You've already killed before. Man, we'll kill anyone. I stare at her. I look at her suspiciously. Sure, okay, that's what I we all tell ourselves. 
Pat, pat. You gonna go down first? Uh, yeah. Drax? Okay. Um, are you guys all going down, like, all at once? Or is it just gonna be Drax that goes down and kind of reports it? Or how do you guys want to do it? I guess I'll follow Drax. I don't want Drax to, to be down there by himself. Yeah. Family sticks together. Glenda nods solemnly at that statement. And so we go down together. That sounds I ominous. Shake <laughs> I shake my head at Tidden. <laughs> As I go down. Okay. You guys, I'll start walking down with Drax in the lead. The staircase goes down maybe one and a half, one and three quarters rotations before uh, you hit the ground. Uh, as you uh, get to the ba- the bottom of the, the staircase, the room opens up in front of you. To your right, you see uh, almost like a podium type of deal with a skull, which you imagine is the artifact, because attached to it is this uh, vertigious green crown. Um, to your left, maybe, I'd say, about 30, we'll say about 30 feet away, uh, there are two people, uh, one of them a larger man, who seems probably in his, is leaning back against the, the stone wall, kind of slouched over, he seems to be sweating. But his sweat seems almost darker colored than it should be, almost like a black tinge to it. Next to it is a bloodied person who looks very familiar to the picture of Master Vernum. Master Vernum! Oh my god, is that what you yelled? Actually, no, I probably shouldn't. Are we being sneaky? Or like, have they spotted us? Are we been, have we been seen or no? We'll say now. If you guys want to be sneaky, you guys can try. Because um, I'm still setting up the scene, so they. This is like when you're first getting down. Um, so there's a chance that maybe they haven't recognized you yet. And the the person, Master Vernum, has a handkerchief trying to wipe away all the sweat, uh, almost cooing. It's gonna be okay. It's okay. Everything's gonna be fine. Um, so yeah, that's what you guys see. So I guess yeah, if you guys wanted to. Uh, be sneaky about it, then I would imagine you would do discreet checks. Oh man, guys, my discreet score is five. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I rolled a 15. Oh uh, yeah, that's great. I think I probably do shout, Master <laughs> Man! No. <laughs> well, I rolled a 15. Well, what's, what's yours normally? Seven. Seven? <laughs> we fail. Yeah, as you walk down, I'll say Bartolom in particular realizes this is what Master Vernum looks like. He's supposed to be dead, and yet he's here. So that kind of catches you off guard, which causes you to, to yell Master Vernum out of instinct. The, the person, Master Vernum, looks up towards you almost in shock uh, at this point as he kind of moves away um, as he's surprised as well 
you can see that that the person leaning against the wall almost seems like he's bound to it. Um, his body starts twitching a little bit. He's twitching a little bit as he notices you. He almost tries. He tries to pull out of his restraints, but they they seem to be working for the the most part at this point. The other the other man, Master Vernon, starts shaking his head. You you can't be here. You you can't steal him, or you can't steal any. Ah, uh, nothing nothing shall become, or nothing shall come between me and my love. And he's gonna charge at you guys. Oh crap! This is awkward. What did you guys do? <laughs> we came we, we came between um a very intimate bondage moment. I guess, yeah. Some, uh, some real yeah, some guy some guy was all chained up and the other guy was wiping sweat. <laughs> and there's a skull in the corner watching. That went from PG thirteen to Oh. Oh boy. Um Okay, cool. So it's gonna be Glenda first. Glenda's gonna go for girl. All right. So um, he's he's walking towards us. Running, I think. Running. Yeah, he's gonna. Us. It looks like he's gonna charge towards you. All right. I'm gonna charge towards him. Nice. Specifically, aiming at his at his knees, at his shins, to try and trip him. Okay. He. Um. Yeah. Let's see what does he have. So he doesn't have any armor on him. He's just in basic clothes. Um, I guess yeah, because he had robes on um, for his his Ordo Magica robes. But he is a lot quicker than you expect for his apparent age. So you're gonna have a minus four for defense. I missed. Okay. As you kind of came to him, he's gonna swing at you first, then, because it's gonna be his turn after you. Um, so let's see, his accurate is 10, so just roll a normal defense check. Okay, I rolled an 8, um, about to be a 13, so I think I'm good. Yep. So, yeah, as you, you swing your, um, your staff at him. You don't quite get him. He's a little bit too quick, but you do disrupt his attack enough that he can't get a good hit on you either. Um, so you guys are in a stalemate at this point. That's all he's going to do. So it's going to go down to Drax. Okay. Um, see, Drax was about to, to use Flame Wall, but then he realized that he shouldn't. <laughs> so he he takes out his, his flail and... Uh, I guess, uh, go... What is that? Um, goes behind, tries to go behind him so that he's in between sure. me and Glenda. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think it was... So yeah, your attack is going to be... So it's going to be minus okay. four. Oh, minus two, actually, because, yeah, you got the um, flanking bonus advantage. Okay, so... um. I will roll to see if I hit. So I rolled an 11, and my strong is 13. That accurate. Or accurate? Okay, my accurate is 11, and I rolled an 11. 
Okay, yeah, so that should hit. Okay. So your accuracy normally 13? No, it's 11. Oh, yeah, so you got a minus the 2 from that, so it'd be going down to Okay, nine. so I rolled, I, ro I, I over... So you would roll 11, so you would miss, but I think your flail has a, a caveat where if you roll an odd mm -hmm. number, we'll double check it, but I think if you roll an odd number, you'll hit for 1d6 damage instead. I rolled a 4. As you charge at him and swing your flail, he's still pretty quick despite being in combat with Glenda. So you don't get as good of a hit as you were expecting, um, but the, just the chains for the flail manage to, to whip the, the ball enough where it does graze him. Um, which that seems like your, your damage is true where the amount of damage you're expecting to do matched up with how much it hit him for. He has no armor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else you want to do? Nope, that's all. A Polum's turn. Then. Okay. Um, I guess can I use beast lore on him? Um, on who? I guess on master. Because Master Vernum, Vernum dude, was sweating black. Is that right? Uh, no, the other guy was. Oh, okay. But Master Vernum was moving faster than one might expect him to use move. Yeah, so he's he looks pretty old. Uh, Master Vernum was probably in his 50s or 60s. Um, this guy is moving quicker than you would expect a 50 or 60-year-old man to move. Cool. I'm going to try to use beast lore on him. Okay. Uh, that's cunning. My cunning is 13. I rolled a four. Okay. Um, what can I discern about this uh, potential Master Vernum? So you know that based on what you've heard recently about what's going on, um, you remember Kitara mentioned that somebody changed to look like her. Um, and then also um, you start thinking about kind of different rituals that you've heard of. Um, and it, it dawns upon you that this could be a changeling. So despite him looking old, he could actually be pretty young for his actual appearance um, and body. Um, we'll say that, yeah, you know that just the quick fight on him, he doesn't seem to be any more accurate than a normal person. His, he appears to be moderately cunning with a score of 11. His quick seems to be his uh, one of his better scores at 13, and then his discreet is 15. He looks like somebody that, that would hide in the shadows and do well, kind of camouflaging, especially with his shape-shifting from a changeling. Okay, um, can I use a free action to yell something at him? Sure. Um, I want to be, Master Vernon, did you kill all those people? He just responds with, I did what I had to do. I, I needed to save him. Yeah, save who and why? Uh, I need to. I, I need to save Gorak. He, I, I can't let him turn. Not like the others. Oof. Um. Man, honestly, I feel like Gorak is probably the bigger problem here. Um. Potentially. Uh. Why don't you stop attacking and maybe we can help each other? 
we'll see what happens <laughs> on his turn. <laughs> Can I do a persuasive, I guess? Would that would that then be my turn then? Uh sure. Yeah, so let's see, what would it be? I think Lulugolint has resolute, so you'd get a plus one. Okay, so then I have to beat an eleven. Rolled a four. Nice. He seems to be okay. thinking it over. Um, but yeah, so time will tell uh, what he decides. But it, but it does seem like you've, you have um, at least made him think, is this the right course of action to do at this point or, or not? Okay. Um, can I do anything else for my turn or not? Yeah, you can move if you want to. Because um, you're still kind of in the stairwell area, so if you want to branch out. Yeah, I guess I'll spread out. I'll get off the stairs and like move to the side a little bit, okay. so I'm not like directly in the line of everyone. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Um, and then it's going to be Thud's turn. Okay. Why Bartolom is trying to convince him and like coax him to fight, like, now's my chance! And then I try to charge him and like whack him with my shield. Just a little bop bop. Okay, sounds good. Okay. I don't know how. I should probably pay attention more to how <laughs> advantage works. Um, I don't think you need to be like completely flanking, so I think you may still get the advantage. We'll say that you do. So whatever your oh. accurate score is, yeah, I subtract whack. two from that and then roll under. Okay, I rolled a nat one. Nice. <laughs> okay, so while he's trying to think it over, I'm like ah. And I go try to whack him to knock him out. Yeah, so first of all, you get a couple of things happen. You're going to roll your damage plus an additional d4. So I think that might be 3d4 for damage. But then also, I think you get to decide if you get a free attack on him or if he just kind of falls to the ground. Okay, so I rolled my three d4s. I got five damage. And for my, my choice, when I run up to whack him, he falls to the ground, look at Bartolom, and I give him a thumbs up. Yep, so... Distracting. Bartolom speaks to him, tries to plead for, for this person. Master Vernum look alike to to stand down. Uh, that takes this opportunity to to charge at at the man and knocks him out with his shield. The body falls to the floor. Uh, the Vernum appearance starts to almost disintegrate off of his body. Uh, you see. Underneath it, indeed, it is a changeling who is in his maybe late 20s with fairly long blonde hair. He doesn't look as blight-stricken as other people, but you do see like almost specks of uh, green growing on him. Yeah, he is. He's knocked out cold. 
potentially more. Oh. Yeah, what's the dude on the wall doing? He's trying to break his chains at this point. He does not seem happy. Yeah, but he, but the, the chains are still holding. So, have we killed him, or what? I uh, have so an the idea. What if we destroy the skull? Ah, uh, you can try it too if you want to. We just leave? Could I, I poke the changeling? Like and leave. <laughs> uh, can I actually have Glenda make a vigilant test? Oh no. Oh! So, it was a 7, and I had to beat a 10. The, the battle winded down, at least for right now, specifically. Um, so a little bit of quiet has come, despite uh, this person attached to the wall. Um, you hear, through your witch sight, a very low, almost grinding voice. Uh, but it's not, you can't tell what it's saying, uh, but it stirs the fire in your blood. Like, like in a keep fighting sort of way, or in a romantic sort of way, how does it stir? <laughs> uh, a little bit more in a, like, a keep fighting. Okay, okay. Um, taking this this uh, romantic fighting fire within me, I say we can't leave this guy here. We need to do something about him with our fists. This is the guy, the guy looks like he's getting corrupted, right? And then we heard the Nosh Vernum guy saying like he, he might change like the other ones. Yeah, so as the, um, the fights die down just a little bit, you, and you guys have gotten closer. You can tell this this guy's on the edge of, of turning. Based on everything that's been going on through your time, just in this hold, uh, seeing the crown, seeing this large man thoroughly corrupted, and somebody protecting, trying to protect him, or it seems like protecting him. You uh, can imagine that this is probably Gorak, the person that brought the the skull to Thistlehold. Cool. Can I run up and bash the skull with my staff? I guess you could try to. Yeah. Uh, would I just roll like a, a quarter staff attack? Or walking staff attack? Okay, so it's my accurate, which is 10. I roll a 13. I'm like... I am going to destroy this and save everyone, and then I like trip and fall on my ass. Classic Bartolo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so. You don't quite. There, there's a little bit of damp moss that, that started growing on the, the ground that you don't take into account as you're charging. Um, you sort of slip on it, not enough for you, you lose your footing and fall down, but enough that you don't get a good hit on the skull and, and crown, and, uh, and so no damage has been, has been done to it. Okay, um, did I make contact with it a little bit? And if I did, did I get a sense that it's, like, resilient to 
I don't know, blows by a walking staff. <laughs> uh, I'll say that you glanced at, but it it didn't seem like it was too like it was more difficult than anything else to break. Like the crown probably is made out of copper, so it's it'll break from some things. It it may not break from getting hit by a staff per se. But the, the bone probably would. I look at it again and I think to myself, actually, you know, maybe guys, I shouldn't break it. Uh, I could be cursed for all time or something like that. That that could be bad. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I won't break it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I wish we knew more. It seemed like this changeling here on the floor, gesturing to uh, the changeling, uh, had had this one and only family, much like our one and only family that we have. And they were trying to save them, probably using organs. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I turned to Gorak, and I'm like, Gin- <laughs> Yep, that's what I say. <laughs> and I say, um, can can you understand me? Can you hear me and talk to me? Um, actually, though, at this, at, at trying to uh, break the crown, because uh, it's it's in plain view of him, he does start to snort a little bit more. Uh, he tries to break his chains further. You can hear the almost bending of the metal, the creaking of it, as one of the chains uh, dislodges from the wall. Uh, his snorts become louder and more heavy. He, with his, with his free hand, he tries to reach out to you, uh, but you notice that, that at his fingertips, um, you can see bone, which you don't remember seeing earlier. Uh, the bone starts to get larger and more pointed, and the the skin starts to peel away from his body, um, exposing uh, a towering creature just with bare muscle. Uh, his fingers are now like knives of bone, with outgrowths coming from his cranium, almost looking like a crown in itself. The skin and and other materials that have fallen off of him almost begin to rot and boil at the same time. And he manages to pull the other pretty easily. And he does not look like he's in the mood to, to chat if he can at all. I look at everyone, I say, see, we waited too long. Yeah, that's gonna be like, we peace out now. Does his eyes look crazy? Uh, yeah, they look like, I'll say that they're mostly black pitch, but you can see sprinkles of red in them. Um, is he, since I ran to the crown, is he between me and the stairs now? Not quite, you could probably run to the stairs. Um, without him getting in the way. Uh, and the rest of your party is kind of 
blocking you off. Or, um, they're, they're creating, like, a screen. Cool. I assume we're, we're kind of in initiative now. It seems like we're in initiative. I, I don't know. Glenda's running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're going to go into initiative. Right so, yeah, we'll start with, with Glenda. You're going to run away. Yes, as mentioned, Glenda is going to use this opportunity to head for the stairs while, you know, motioning to her family to come with her. Okay. Uh, so you managed to get to the stairs. Um, anything else you wanted to do? No, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be Drax next. Does it look like there's any other way out of this basement? There's some rubble behind the stairs, but it's difficult to tell if it goes anywhere. There's quite a bit of it, so you probably have to dig for a bit, just to kind of see if there's any entrance, or, uh, any entrance or exit at all. Okay, I'll follow Glenda. She looks like she like she has a plan. <laughs> Definitely. So two of you guys get to the stairs. Not quite all the way up, though. Um, so it's what I'm gonna do. Um, I guess what I'm going to do is I'm going to also run towards the stairs, but I will cast uh, Brimstone Cascade at it as I run past. Okay, let me go ahead and roll my corruption first. That's important. A two. Nice. Uh, let's see. Two. And then... I think it is a resolute test. Do I need any modifiers? Uh, oh, it's resolute versus quick. Uh, no modifiers. No modifiers, okay. Cool. Uh, I need to beat a 15. I rolled a four. That means I do 1d12 of damage. Oh man, wish me luck. I do... One. Three. <laughs> um, as I run back. Yeah, so you uh, run towards the stairs and throw some brimstone at uh, Gorak. The, the brimstone ignites, uh, hitting him, but it doesn't seem to really do Of course. Cool. And then I beat. Okay. Um, so you're also on the stairs, so then it's gonna be fun. I look around, and then I see all of my colleagues are going up the stairs, and I'm like, why are you running? Why? <laughs> because we fear I death! I'm like, the little girl has a plan. Unlike, unlike you, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> go back at the creature, and I go, oh, nope. And then I, gonna run I try to run, because okay. I'm slow. Yeah. yeah. So you managed to get to the stairs as well. Um, and then it's going to be Gorak's turn. Uh, because the stairs are a little bit more difficult to maneuver, uh, he does get to the, the base of them. 
Um, and because that was the last one, then he's gonna take a couple swings at you. Um, so it looks like you're gonna roll your defense uh, with a minus three. He's pretty accurate. I rolled a um, seven, but I had to beat a five, okay. so he got me. So he got you. So the first, so his his claw attack is gonna do. 12 damage minus 2d4. Oh, okay. Hold on. Okay. 12 minus 2d4? Yes. So you, it's gonna be, yeah, whatever 2d, you roll your 2d4, and then we'll subtract that from the 12 to see how much okay. damage you actually took. I rolled a 6. A six. So 6 damage? Yes, yeah, so you'll take 6. Okay. Damn. Gotten good. Hey. Uh, okay. And then he's gonna have a second attack too. So <laughs> gotta do it again. <laughs> Guys, I'm gonna die. Maybe not. Nah, okay. So let me see. I rolled an eight. Okay. <laughs> four. So I take four damage. So ten damage overall. Uh, so this one's gonna actually go ten minus your two D four. Ten minus. Oh, okay. So I just rolled. Two, so I just took two damage. Because I rolled an eight. You rolled an eight. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. You only take two. So eight total. Okay. Damage. So. Yep. So I'm at seven currently. Oh, it's the Whoa. I'm, I'm I'm limping so up the stairs. To get up the stairs. Creates a little bit of a log jam. And unfortunately, that is at the back end uh, or the bottom of the stairs, and, and takes two claw attacks as the the, the bone claws uh, slash their way into your flesh. Not doing great, but still hanging on. And we'll find out what happens on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Simbarum, presented by the Bucket Armory. Music this episode was by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time.